thank you for uh, coming on, Nikki. It's 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 such a uh, long overdue thing because uh, we've been friends for a while, um, but I've we've missed each other. So it's uh, I'm glad you're here. We made it happen. I'm proud of us. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, obviously, from from the uh, the accent, you were born in London. Yeah. Tell me about, did you grow up there? Yeah, I was a Londoner my whole life. It was actually Mythica that brought me over to the States. I did not have any plans. London, born and bred, that was the plan. West End stage, I didn't know what happened, it all changed. <laughs> I fell uh, in fantasy films and the rest is history. Well, nice. Uh, did, when did you fall in love with acting, performing and, and everything else that show business wise? Yeah, I mean, I fell in love with it before I realized it was a business. I was really young. Um, I started going to like classes. My parents put me into acting classes and ballet classes just to get me out of my shell when I was a kid. I think maybe four, five, six, and I loved performing and it kind of just grew from that. And then it was only when I was a teenager that I realized that I could do it for a living. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great plan. This is what I love to do, so why not? Did you model as well? <laughs> Did I model? God, no, I'm the most awkward in front of a camera, but thank you for saying that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had pictures taken, but no, I'm very awkward when it comes to still photography. But thanks. Oh, so you were a teenager when you got your first professional gig? Yeah, I was 17 and I landed a role in a BBC children's television show called Misty and I played an evil fairy. And I loved every minute. It was so much fun. Tell me about getting your first paycheck. Oh my God, I don't even remember. It was that long, long ago, like showing my age. Um, I, do you know what, knowing me, I probably put it in the bank and saved it, didn't spend it. I was like, you don't know when the next job's coming. I'm gonna be sensible. Um, I'll pretend like I don't even have it. So I'll just like, you know, put it away, not think on it. But, but growing up in England, I mean, that's so rife for, um, you know, theatricals and Shakespeare and, and that type of performing. Did you perform live a lot? Yeah, that was actually the plan. My first love was musical theatre. So all I dreamt of was being on the West End stage. That was what I trained in. That was the goal. And it was only when I got my first agent, I started reaching out to reps when I was about 16. I just started in the UK. You're at college from 16 to 18. So I was at college, I was already ready. I'm like, I wanna start this, I wanna get into the industry. But it was when I had my first agent, they were putting me forward for more television and film. So the door kind of opened there um, rather than musical theater. And I think it just depends on your reps and you know the cast and directors who, who know of them and their connections. Because perhaps had I gone elsewhere, I would have had musical auditions and things could have been very different. I don't know. Like singing? I love singing. I don't really do it much anymore. So only occasionally you get to sing for an audition for like some musical film, but I love it. I'm cheesy. Yeah. Well, you're not cheesy. You're cheeky. <laughs> What's that? I said, you're not cheesy. You're cheeky. I'm cheeky. Yes. Very British. Yes. Growing up where you did, I mean, are there a lot of opportunities with the BBC with, uh, or, or is it as hard there as it is here? Um, 
it's tougher there, I'd say. It's uh, I mean, there's a, it's a it's a smaller country, and there's I mean, especially when I started out, it, you know, there were only so many television channels. It's not like the streaming services had started, so it was really difficult breaking into it. I feel like I started at the right time because I could have gone on and done the official three year training at RAD or one of the official drama schools. But because I started so much earlier, my youth worked for me because while everyone else was training, I was out getting the life experience, um, which meant that I had, my resume started growing from an early age. But yeah, it's it's tough. There's definitely less opportunities. Yeah, it's, it's just a smaller pond, literally. Yeah. Getting into the business at 17, I mean, were you prepared for all the no's uh, that you get when you're, you know, starting out? No, and I still, uh, it's weird. I enjoy auditioning. I see it as an opportunity to perform. I don't know how I've like trained my brain into thinking this way. But when I don't hear back from an audition, I don't tend to think on it too much. I kind of look forward to the next audition and... I'm very just hopeful, oh, it's fine. There's something around the corner. So I don't, I never let the rejection side take over too much unless I was really, really close and it was like the final two. And then I'm just like, oh, that, that's, that hurts. But other than that, I'm like, no, compartmentalize, focus. Russell Crowe uh, in an interview I had with him told me that actors are professional auditioners and the, you just take a break from auditioning when you get a role. Yeah, that's who told you that? That's so true. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Oh, Russell's right. He knows his stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he got rejected all the time. Oh my gosh. But you, you can't think on it, otherwise you'd never be able to progress if you're thinking back to the past and what roles could have been. You're not looking forward to the future and you know the roles that are right for you that you're meant to get in the future tell me the best advice you've received oh my gosh this is a few years back um the best advice um the best advice was from an actress who said don't be an actress um it was where i was living in london it was very random but there was there's an actress around who happened to grow up in the same family home I grew up in. And I was at school one day and she she came by just to kind of reminisce on her old place. So we invited her in for a cup of tea. And um, my mom was like, oh, my daughter wants to be an actress. And I'm just like, hi, any advice? What can you tell me? She was like, stay in education. Don't do it. It's all rejection. You're going to break. It's, it's the worst. And she's successful. She did really well. Um, so she, she just told me, don't do it. Actually, I don't know if that's good advice or bad advice, but it was advice that I completely ignored. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you worked with, and you don't have to give me any names, obviously, but have you worked with actors that come on and they're not prepared at all and it just brings um, the production to a halt? I've worked with a, a few actors who are further along in their career. So, um, they don't perhaps prep as much because they've been in the industry so long and they're just like, oh, learn the lines on the day and things. So that's always, you know, when you're, you know, preparing and trying to work with an actor who's not completely off book, that could be a little difficult. But most of the time, everyone's very good and professional and I'm not naming any names.
Hey, let's check out this park. Oh, wow, that's really cool. To find a great local park or forest near you, go to discovertheforest.org. How important is an agent? How important is an agent? Yeah. Um, I'd say pretty important. They're the ones who do all the contracts, and that is not my forte. So um, on the business side, it's very important because they are looking out for you. I think a manager is very, very important um, because you have such a close-knit relationship with them um, and they get you in the room, especially for the, the larger network jobs, uh, the slightly bigger opportunities. Reps are fairly important, yeah. As your career uh, gets bigger and bigger, do, do you change agents or do you stay with the same agent? Um, and, and adding to this question, do you have agents in, in London and agents in LA? Yeah, so I've got an agent in LA, a manager in LA, an agent in Atlanta, a voice agent here, voice agent in London, a regular agent in London. So it's a big team and they all like work together. Everyone CC'd on the same emails. I think it's such a personal thing in the relationships you have and how you're moving forward. It, it's such a case-by-case -case basis on whether you need to leave just for fresh energy or whether you should stay because it's so strong. Even if there's a quiet patch, it's worth, you know, giving it a chance. Um, my manager, I've been with eight years. So I feel like, you know, that's a good relationship right there. She knows me inside out and I love that. And my agent, I've been, um, my LA agent, I've only been with under a year. So it's a new relationship forming. So, but a new it. relationship, they're, they're, they're going to try hard to impress you. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've let agents go because they just, you know, they forget about me. And, and uh, you know, I see postings for, you know, hey, here's a bald, uh, you know, guy that, uh, and I didn't get a, you know, a, a casting notice. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, agents here in Utah, I think, are more like for extras. Um, maybe. It helps if you know the cast and directors, too. Um, if they they just know, oh my gosh, you are perfect for something, we have to reach out to his reps, get him in. It really depends. I know the frustration of missing out on something that you, you feel like you're perfect for and the reps haven't pushed you or even submitted you. Um, I, I think the best thing to do is be really proactive because if you happen to spot those breakdowns yourself, there is no harm sending them to the reps and being like, hi, I just spotted this. Please, can you put me forward? And Communication is the key. It really is. Yeah. And just to stay, you know, in their foresight. So, you know, if something comes along, you're kind of there in their mind. Um, send them cookies or something. <laughs> Bribe them with treats. Bring them a turkey. I haven't even done that to my own. I should start that. <laughs> Bring do, them a turkey. Do you cook? Do you bake and stuff like that? No, I'm the worst. No. <laughs> really? I'm, yeah. No, I'm really bad in the kitchen. I'm British. We're not known for our cuisines. I should not insult all British people's baking. That was yeah, Gordon Ramsay will take offense. If Gordon Ramsay watches this, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs>
um, yeah, it's not a, a natural skill of mine at all. No. I'm an excellent cook, by the way. Are you? What's your What's your dish? What do you do? Anything, but uh, I, I I usually do like um, like for Christmas I'm making an Eng an old English prime rib with uh, Yorkshire pudding and that's um, impressive. Biggie pudding and all of that for you know it's like a Dickens Christmas. That's amazing. Oh, I, I, can, I can see it. Little tiny Tim in the corner. Wait, is that I more? Cook, I cook for celebrities. <laughs> over the house, you know, who are doing movies out here and just, you know, they, they just want a home-cooked meal and we try to do that. That's so lovely of you. Working with directors, uh, you liked to be directed, as you said. Love it. Have you worked with terrible directors? Um, no. I've worked with directors who have different styles, for sure. Um, and I definitely lean towards the ones who are more communicative just because I really do enjoy the process and want to have those conversations. So I will ask questions or, you know, ask for their guidance or insight. And I've worked with some who just kind of put all the trust and faith into their actors and it's just like rolling, action, go. And that's fine too. It's just everyone kind of has a different style. But yeah, I lean towards I've heard writer-directors are a little bit more intense because they're also watching their words and want you to hold to the script rather than ad-lib or, or go off script in any kind of way. But there are those directors that enjoy when an actor does their thing, they're in the moment and um, you know, the, it actually brings out a more organic performance. I like the idea of that. I've had less experience with that. A lot of the projects I've done um, have been directed by writer directors or directors who, who are just very clear on keeping to the script which is absolutely fine when I memorize a script I try and be word perfect um but yeah that's kind of all I know I'd definitely be interested in working on a project where they're more just like you know make it feel comfortable make it feel natural to to what you would say I feel like that would lean more towards comedy projects comedic projects where there's more room for interpretation. Dramatic improv is is making its way to major films. That's true. I feel like, yeah, when the actors just kind of let go and all sorts of magic just happens. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I've not really had that. It's been, I can't think of any projects where we haven't kind of been given permission to go slightly off one way or to the other, you know, to have the freedom. But I look forward to the day. That'll be nice. Let's talk about another facet of your career. Your voice work is impeccable. And it's not something that always comes natural to people. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's also nice being able to go up for so many different roles, you know, even if you don't look the part. <laughs> if you can alter your voice and, you know, create something amazing, they don't need to know well, you look like the amount of times I go for Australian roles or American roles, if they knew I was British, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, right, I believe it. So it's it's nice to be able to hide that. It's and right. you can show up in your pajamas. I did a recording last week where I'm pleased to confirm I was not in my pajamas. I did go, I did dress appropriately.
Are you surprised at the following Mythica has? Yeah, that was, because I was just so excited to be a part of it. I, Whenever I do a project, I never think what's going to happen after it. Um, the Mythies are still about, they're still posting and they still enjoy it and watch the films again. I'm, I'm shocked, but like, I'm so like delighted and grateful that so many people took to it and enjoyed what we did. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a beautiful, a beautiful series of films. And will they do another one? Has, has there been talk? Um, if they've been talking, I, <laughs> I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. I feel like they were so busy with the outpost in Serbia for years. So I think that was the main focus of their attention. Um, I don't know what's happening now, if there's sequels or prequels. Um, it'd be fun to play Tila again. Um, just being older and wiser and, you know, just having the, the perspective of the whole journey that all the characters have been through. But yeah, we'll see. Never Did you enjoy the athleticism in that role? Ooh, good question. I was not prepared for that, so I don't know if I can say yes. It was the first time I'd ever been to Utah, and it's it's like a higher ground above sea level, right? It's a, it's a different altitude to what I was used to. So it was, I found it very difficult to breathe. My allergies were insane out there. The cloak was really heavy. Bear in mind, I loved it, had the best time ever, but, um, yeah, like fighting orcs and giant spiders when I'm just like, I can't breathe, my nose is running, the cloak's heavy. I'm just like, okay, pull it together. Come on, keep it together, Nikki. So, yeah, it was an experience that I loved, but I think it made me fitter off the back of it. Yeah, it was the hardest job you'll ever love. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. And working in Utah, because you've worked in Utah a few times. Um, Utah, yeah. Do you, do you love Utah? I do. Because I think every time I go back there for a job, it reminds me of Mythica, and that was my first introduction. And coming from London, from the city, going there, seeing all those landscapes, I was, my mind was blown. Like, I, I just never in my life seen anything like it. So I was just instantly a fan. And then also I loved everyone I was working with. I'm like, oh my gosh, people in Utah are just the nicest people ever. So I was just like, okay, I want to stay. Um, so anytime I get offered a job in Utah, I'm just like, yes, I get to go back, see the mountains. Yeah, our, our crews here are just amazing. I mean, uh, they're the best of the best. Even people from Hollywood that come out here and film big epics love the crews out here. Yeah. No, they're awesome. We had a great crew. I feel like a lot of people, once you get to work for the team, want to work with the same team again because they're trusted and stuff. So I've worked with a lot of the same crew members on multiple different projects and it's always a joy and so much fun. Um, yeah, I love you. Do you like working on family projects? I mean, uh, uh, movies and TV shows that families can enjoy together or are, are you more leaning toward more adult uh, roles now? <laughs> Um, I feel like I've always kind of read and auditioned for more grown-up projects like the HBA series or that swearing and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like I, I, yeah, doing the family kind of entertainment just felt very natural and comfortable and easy and, and right. Um, so I think that's just kind of where my career went. But 
I'm so open to the idea of having such a broad spectrum of work. Um, so doing different projects and seeing where it goes, playing different characters. For me, as long as I'm working with the people I want to work with, as long as I enjoy the script and the character, I'm open-minded if someone says, here's a project, we don't have, you know, all these millions of dollars uh, to put towards the production, but we really want you. You know, if someone's passionate about it and that passion translates to me, I'm definitely open-minded to do it. Um, yeah, it just, it really depends. A lot of the the kind of indie projects come from people who I've worked with before, and then the higher-end projects come from my representatives. So it's it's just juggling. This portion of Screen Chatter is presented by VP Dental. Check out our great dental plans starting at just $16 per month. Nikki, I want to I wanna thank you for your time. What a brilliant conversation we just had. This has been so fun. This has been great. It's been lovely talking to you. The time has just flown by. I want to thank you and, and, and just tell you I adore you and I'm glad we're friends. Yes, likewise. Hopefully see you in Utah sometime soon. I'll let you know when I get shipped back across. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Tony. I'll talk to you soon.